This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl-winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten-five victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, uh, the radio flagship home of your Dallas Cowboys, joined as always by my co-host, Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout and now co-host of the G-Bag Nation, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And Brian, it's uh, as depressing as an offseason as we've talked about this has been for Cowboys fans. Their, their, their interest level seems to be at a... a I don't know about an all-time low, but definitely a recent low. Uh, it, it got a lot dimmer this week as we heard about Tyron Smith tearing his hamstring, apparently literally off the bone uh, at his knee. Uh, the hamstring tear is going to keep him out. He'll have surgery today. This is airing on Friday, so he'll have surgery today. And he is out minimum until December. And even though there seems to be some optimism leaking out of the building a little bit, I think that's a very optimistic view. And, and there's a real chance we're looking at no Tyron Smith this season, but a big blow to the Cowboys for sure. Yeah, it uh, it's never easy when you lose your primary players, whether it's your quarterback, receivers, defensive ends, corners, safeties, whatever. Uh, when you lose players that you that you're really counting on and – We've talked about Tyron Smith a bunch on this show, and it's been to the point of when he plays, he's one of the best. But you know there's going to be times where he's not going to play. And it's really unfortunate when you watch the practice and the replay of what happened last night, just going downfield, making a simple block, then all of a sudden he just collapsed on the ground. And, you know, those are the kinds of things, those are those injuries where, it wasn't really like a contact injury. I, I remember seeing guys 
Tyron Crawford, I was at an Oxnard and watching him go through the bags and all of a sudden he blows his Achilles and you're like going, well, he's just going through the bags, right? You know, so um, it's just unfortunate. And, but the thing about that I've learned all these years of being in this league, Bobby is nobody feels sorry for you now. You know, nobody feels sorry. We didn't feel sorry for the Buccaneers losing their guys. Yeah. You know, you don't feel sorry. And, that's the one thing it's you feel a little bit of, you know, if you have a buddy or two that's on another team that loses a guy, you feel sorry for them for a little bit, but this is one of those things where you just, you battle on, you hope you have, you know, enough bodies, you hope you have talented guys. This just means to me that Tyler Smith's um, indoctrination to, uh, if I use the right word there to the NFL is now just a little bit faster. It's a little bit quicker. It's a little bit more of, you know, when they were telling us it's like left side player, was it left tackle, left guard, you know, where is he at? So yeah, losing Tyron Smith just means that, that others have to step up and the show goes on. There's no stopping now you you're into that mode where, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to get your team put together and, and trying to go win some games. Playerprofiler.com, which is one of my favorite uh, tools to use for injuries and, and you know, where guys are lining up in, in the slot and everything else. Um, they have a, a, a injury tracker there. It's a it's a Roto World uh, product of theirs. And I just went and clicked on Tyron Smith's recent injury history and not including this offseason, which now we've got the torn hamstring. Uh, I was told he's he's been dealing with this ankle injury that's been bugging him a lot more than... There's a lot of tape on his shoe if you watch him practice. I, I think that might help to explain some of what we were talking about from the practice the other night where Micah and some other guys were just bullying him at times. Um, but you've got... Terrell Basham. Yeah, I mean, Basham. Yeah, yeah, three, four years ago, Terrell Basham is not winning a rep against right. Tyron Smith. 100%. And... So you've got the ankle, the hamstring. He dealt with the back issues. You remember in OTAs. So not including those. This is just from 2019 on. Uh, player profiler tracks the following injury, like showing up on the injury report or missing games. Back spasms in 2019. Week four of 2019, a high ankle sprain. Week 13 of 2019, an Achilles tendon strain. Preseason 2020, a hamstring strain. Uh, week two of 2020, a neck stinger. That was what shut him down for the year in 2020. Uh, week five of 21, he had a neck strain week six of 2021. He had an ankle bone spur and week 14 of 2021. It was an ankle sprain. So we're talking about a guy who's got just a, a CVS receipt worth of injuries here. And it, it begs the question a little bit, whether he returns this year or not, I think now more than ever, this is the the last year for Tyron Smith, not just Dallas. I, 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 I don't know that Tyron Smith, plays in 2023 anywhere you know Bobby um talked to a lot of people about Tyron Smith through the year and years I guess is what I should have said and they've always felt like that you know we've we've done scenarios where what can you get for Tyron Smith if you trade him and move on and that and stuff and people have kind of told me that if Tyron Smith were to get traded that he would just retire he doesn't want to he's not interested and you know maybe we're to that point right now where this is one of those injuries that he comes back, you know, Hey, that's just because of how tough he is and he wants to be a part. But in all honesty, this should be the last year for Tyron Smith. You know, you can't, and especially if 
all of a sudden they figure something out at left tackle. If Tyler Smith, say, comes in and, and you know, he, he doesn't have to be Tyron Smith, but if he's good enough, you know, we remember what happened in 2016 with, with Tony Romo and the way that Dak Prescott came in and everybody was just a nervous wreck. I remember the day when uh, Kellen Moore got his foot stepped on and, yeah. oh, my gosh, and here we go, and it's Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott looked awful in practice and stuff like that. But he goes out the Coliseum, gets the Rams, he starts to play, and you're like going, okay, maybe there is something here. You know, maybe we'll have that same kind of realization with Tyler Smith playing tackle if that's the case. I think on right now he's the most qualified guy to be playing there. Now we'll see if they make a move and go get a veteran guy or something like that or they try ball or whatever. But if you're asking me who the most qualified guy is to play left tackle, I'll say – Tyler Smith. But all that said, you know, maybe he makes people say, well, we're just going to now move on from Tyron Smith. So, um, you know, you don't want to see a guy go out this way, but football does this. You know, we saw it with the, with Tony Romo and all the years of service he had with the Cowboys and Des, and, uh, and excuse me, Dak Prescott came in and did a, a marvelous job. It's funny you bring up the Romo situation because it's very, reminiscent to me I, I was talking with Sean Sharif uh, our teammate over at 105 through the fan in Dallas and I first thing I told him when I saw him this morning uh, as we were hosting the show together was I said man this is so reminiscent to me of how the Romo news broke in 2016 yeah. where it was he gets hurt against Seattle and then he's standing up on the sideline arguing to go back in there there's talk of man he was moving around the airplane fine afterwards he was. I was on the flight with him I couldn't believe he got hurt I, seriously I was on the road trip and I remember doing the game with Brad Sham and we're in the press box and we're talking with Christy Scales the whole time. And we're really not doing the game. We're talking about what's what's happening with Romo, yeah. you know, and all that. And I remember him being on the plane. I remember him walking around. I remember him with a cocktail in his hand, you know, that kind of thing. You know, talking to people as they're going through on their you know iPads watching practice. And I was thinking, well, Romo's fine. This is one of those. Oh no, he's okay. You know, injuries. This is not going to be as bad as uh, as we think. And lo and behold, it was as bad as we thought. Exactly. There was a lot of chatter about. Sounds like the Cowboys dodged a bullet. There was concern initially, but they're good. And then they get the MRI, and it's oh, this is bad. He's out for yeah. ten weeks. And that was kind of the evolution of Tyron Smith's news, where Tyron limped off, but then you heard people saying, ah, he, you know, he 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 was fine walking out of there. Didn't even have a limp. Was walking out in slides. Connor McGovern says, oh, I think he's fine. The way he, I, I heard him grunt, and you know the good grunts from the bad ones, so I know I think he'll be fine. And all these reports of, man, the ACL's intact. They're going to do an MRI just to confirm what they think is, is ultimately a dodged bullet. And then it just it, it, it aggressively ramps up and says, hey, this is, this is really bad news. And, and it's funny that it actually comes on the anniversary, six years ago as we're recording this, six years ago today, of uh, Tony Romo uh, – getting that injury against the Seahawks. But as we talk about their their options to replace it, let, let's first discuss the internal stuff, then we'll discuss some external options really quickly. But Jerry Jones uh, saying on first take this morning on ESPN, uh, saying out at their, their kickoff banquet in Frisco that they're going to look to internal options first. So, Brian, does that, do you think, automatically mean Tyler Smith is the default, or does that mean there's some sort of competition here between Tyler Smith and Josh Ball? Uh, is, well, let's go in here in any way, or, or do you think this is basically at this point, does internal 
options just mean in coded language mean Tyler Smith at left tackle? Do you think? I think it's got to be Tyler Smith. I, you know, the, the 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 whole the whole reason that you drafted him was to be that guy. All we heard was left side player, you know, future replacement type of a guy. And I mean, I know he didn't play any left tackle this summer, you know, and they didn't do anything to try and get him ready to play left tackle. But you had to know, even if he played guard, there was going to be a time where Tyron Smith was not going to be able to line up. It's just history. That's what it is. And they were adamant. They didn't want us to put Tyler Smith in one spot. They said left side player. Okay, guard, tackle, you know, we'll see. We'll figure things out. I can't believe that they just went through OTAs and minicamp and said, well, Tyler Smith can't play tackle. He played tackle at Tulsa. You know, you yeah. watch him at tackle, you know, there, you know, big guy, good run blocker. You know, the pass blocking, there was times where he wasn't as good. The feet and the hands didn't work really well. Feet and hands looked like they're working a lot better in the pros right now for him. I just feel like that that is the best eternal option that you have. Better than Ball. Better than Let's Go. Better than Collins. You know, uh, you know, you can, even Alicone. You could put him in that mix too because I think you could actually consider him. You know, as a guy that you know is is battling for a spot. And, and I mean that in a good way. I, I'm yeah. not saying maybe he'll be a starter, but, you know, he's a guy that it, when you watch him play left tackle uh, in the preseason, the two games we've studied, and he's going to play a ton tonight, you know, against the Seahawks, then, you know, that will be, that will be something that, you know, you could say, well, he's, he's, he's maybe he, he's, you know, once again, you put him on the practice squad and see what you really, really have there. But, I think eternally it's got to be Tyler Smith first. I really, really do. And Tyler Smith, of course, dealing with that ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, he will not play against Seattle, so we won't get the opportunity to see him there. Mike McCarthy, since we last recorded, had basically said if the season were to start today, Connor McGovern would be our starter at left guard. That's sent some people into a little bit of a an overreaction, I think, when Tyler Smith has come up at left tackle, where I've seen a lot of people, heard a lot of people, social media, everywhere else, just say, hey, if he's not good enough to win the guard spot, I don't feel any better about him just basically taking over a tackle. And I think it's a little more nuanced than that. It's not that he's bad at guard. I think he's been better at guard. I, I think it's yeah. just a little more complicated in terms of experience. There is other- something there is something going on that we do not have a handle on. And, and it hasn't been that Connor McGovern has been bad. It's, no. But I feel like, though, watching Tyler Smith, I see a guy with power. I see a guy with athletic ability. I see a guy, you know, has there, you know, hey, week one, he gets a holding call. Week two, same rule situation. Let's go. Doesn't get the holding call. Yeah. You know, those are the kinds of things he's learning along the way. Now, maybe there's some, he's missing assignments. Maybe these coaches are worried that, like, listen, we can't afford to have a guy in there missing assignments. But this organization for years was outstanding with plug and play first round offensive linemen. I thought this kid was going to be that. I really did. There might be something that we absolutely don't know about. And I just can't believe that they they went last year playing with Connor Williams and Connor McGovern, and Connor McGovern got pulled from the starts that he had. He had opportunity, couldn't keep the job, to the point where they even drafted uh, an offensive lineman to play the position. So I, I don't know. But I do know that, to me, 
if you're saying that give me the guy that's played tackle, give me the guy that's played tackle at a high level, give me a guy that's played tackle and was drafted in the first round, that's Tyler Smith. You know, and I feel like the scouts, Mike McCarthy, those guys were on top of this one. Maybe that, you know, maybe the, the offensive line coaches didn't feel as good about that. We've talked about that before. Maybe they've changed a little bit in their opinion. Yeah. But I, I just find it really unusual that we didn't see uh, Tyler Smith uh, be the guy that's the, you know, the primary left guard for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, maybe now he's the primary left tackle for him. Uh, just as we close up this segment, because I think we've we've pretty much established this is going to be an internal candidate. It's I think so initially, yeah. External. If they go external, I think a few names that that are worth watching, and, and you can give us some feedback on these guys if you like. A trade potential trade guy, maybe an Isaiah Wynn uh, from New England, who they they were not kind of thought he was small, on. right? Didn't they think he was a small, small tackle? That yeah. was a different. That was a different coaching staff I, I, yeah. I don't know if that would matter to them as much um, but still Isaiah Wynn is somebody that they could consider uh, you've got a free agent like Eric Fisher the former number, number one overall pick these guys started getting a little banged up later in his career here yeah. and then if you if you want to really go grizzled veteran but a guy who can I, I think still play a little bit it'd be Jason Peters who's still on yeah. the Jason Peters is a guy though when I talk to my gang of seven the general managers and directors of player personnel and stuff like that they seem to think at 40 years old that Jason Peters has got some stuff still left in the tank. Now, maybe what you do is you sign Jason Peters as an insurance policy to play behind Tyler Smith. Last year, he made, I believe it was $1.7 million with the Bears. People that watched the tape said a little rough early, but got better as the season went along. And so they were talking about him being more of an, an option and a, a better option than what you had with the guys like, uh, Daryl Williams, uh, Eric Fisher, and guys like that. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star, of course, is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, Tyron Smith is not the only big piece of news floating around the Dallas Cowboys right now. Uh, we did get a chance uh, before all the first take chatter uh, and and the Cowboys kickoff uh 
dinner in, in Frisco on Thursday night. We did get a chance to talk to Jerry Jones uh, before practice on Wednesday. He had a little walk-off off the side media. So, see, this is why you should listen to The Love of the Star, because we're going to play audio that's not, like, out there being, you know, uh, played everywhere else. This is this is very uh, unique audio, very narrow audi- audience that gets to hear this. So, uh, Jerry answered a couple questions for us, had a couple interesting things to say, particularly about the wide receivers. Before we go to the receivers, I did want to play uh, what he had to say. He was asked about Anthony Barr, and, and we've talked a lot about Anthony Barr, and we've seen him out there a lot at these practices, and he's been, you know, the Will linebacker, and then Mike has been more lined up as an edge rusher, so he was asked directly, you know, hey, does, does Anthony Barr's presence here basically free up Micah Parsons to be an edge rusher? And uh, this is what Jerry had to say about Anthony Barr and Micah Parsons. You have uh, Barr that uh, actually uh, whose forte can be uh, – uh, more associated with uh, pass coverage and with the kinds of things you see, uh, if you will, in the middle of the field. On the other hand, he's excellent at rushing the passer. And so I don't think there's any question he gives you some slack on taking Parsons to the outside. And I think that's something that we've seen pretty clearly in these practices when Barr's been on the field. As much as they've talked about they want to use Mike Parsons in multiple ways, so far what we see at these practices is Micah, I would say, is, what do you think, Brian, 75 25% right now? Yeah, I would say that. I think you're right. Uh, Jerry is absolutely on to something. And you always know when Jerry says something like this, when it talks about scheme, that's talking to Dan Quinn or, you know, George Edwards, one of the coaches there. When you ask the coaches about uh, Anthony Barr, they talk about him as a guy that can help with Leighton Van Der Esch. Now, we've seen – some of the coverage aspects, some of the one-on-one stuff, you know, it hasn't looked really clean. It hasn't looked really good. Now, maybe in the, the context of playing a game, it'll look a little bit better. But there's some practice stuff where he's been taken advantage of. And, you know, we'll see how that all plays because, you know, with they love to play the nickel package. They love to get cursed down there in the box. You know, what role will, will Barr have when they do that? Uh, I, I personally feel like that, Bar playing forward is much better than Bar playing backwards. Yeah, and when you know when I mean backwards, it's like having to do that coverage stuff and things like that. Figure out a way to get him one on one with people. That's when his, uh, as Jerry would use say, the word forte is his ability to attack the pocket. He's a physical player. I just think right now, because of the lack of training camp and maybe some of the lack of the work that he had getting ready for the season. He's just not ready to cover. Now, maybe three weeks from now, uh, you know, four weeks from now, it'll be a different story. But right now, he looks a little bit uh, a little bit behind when it comes to that. Which, uh, and playing off of something else Jerry mentioned there, he did mention, hey, Anthony Barr's also got some pass rush ability, which we do know he's got. And, and he's, he got, he's got the the frame to do it, to pass rush. He's got He's got the athletic ability. I'm a little surprised. I don't know about you, Brian. Have you seen them really line up bars a rusher in any of these practices that he's? Been I have in? not. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we haven't. We haven't. You know, Bobby. I mean, I've get to see two practices, and one of them ended about 50 minutes earlier last night, or on uh, excuse me, on uh, what uh, Wednesday night, as yeah. opposed to you know. So, yeah, I I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him, and and maybe that's something that they're trying to get him. 
they're trying to get him acclimated to having to play the coverage and play in scheme first. And then they're going to say, okay, let's create some opportunity uh, for him as a pass rusher. Easy for him to rush the passer. That's just God-given talent right there. Learning about the scheme and where he needs to fit and stuff and coverage, probably something they want to work on a little bit more before they get to that Bucks game. The more notable stuff that Jerry had to say came uh, when we were talking to him about the receiving core. In this first clip I want to play, I, I I want you to take note of of the direction that he takes it based off of what the original question was, which the original question was, how, do you feel better or the same or worse about your receiving core than you did when you got to camp? So just generic question about the receiving core, how he feels about it. Uh, and this is what Jerry had to say about the receiving core. I feel better than, than, than we initially you know, parts of the training camp. I feel real good today. Uh, I feel good about uh, uh, Tober. Uh, I know that Tobert has uh, uh, had a little diminished uh, thought because of uh, a couple of the preseason games. Uh, but uh, that hasn't been the case at all at the practices. And uh, uh, we know they can drop them. C.D. Lamb dropped them last year and still be uh, someone you can count on. And that goes across the league. And so uh, uh, some of his uh, possession issues uh, uh, don't concern me at all. So uh, I think Tolbert is uh, someone to look to, but I really like the entire gambit of our receivers. Which. That's a, that's a funny quote to me because first off, I think it, it it really shows you Jerry Jones does pay attention to what the media. He says. does. He does pay attention uh, to what you and I say. There's no question. He, he Matter of fact, I learned I learned this uh, since I've been back over at the Star mm-hmm. that when they they create the clips, they take all our tweets and instead of articles and stuff like that, they they compile all our tweets about the team. And so, and they have it as a, a, like a point of reference, like they'll hand them, you know, maybe five <laughs> sheets of paper with everybody's quote or tweets on there. Yeah. And so they see what exactly what you're saying, what I'm saying, Todd Archer, anybody that's covering his football team, he reads what those, those clips say. And Jerry always, you know, he's very mindful because he always thanks the media too, you know, for even the lottery thing the other day, he thanked the media for helping him get that out there, get information out there. And he, he realizes that his team is as popular as it is because of, and not to pat us on the back, but people who are in the media. You know, we, we, we talk about his team every single day with fans. And that's something that he, he can't, he can't put a price on that. I mean, he could, he could buy us all really nice stuff at Nobu, you know, and we could all enjoy it, but he sure gets it from us when it comes to, uh, you know, covering his football team. My, my favorite uh, relayed quote of all time, and I may have I've shared it on here before. I know I've shared it other places, but my favorite relayed quote of all time was Rick Goslin, the old Dallas Morning News, yeah. the, the legendary Hall of Fame voter, oh, uh, best of all time in this business. Uh, Rick told me once years ago that uh, Jerry early on in his tenure had had told everybody, look, I, I got big shoulders, you know, just be fair. Don't be personal. Be fair. Yep. And uh, he says, I don't care what you say about me as long as you spell Dallas Cowboys right in your headlines. There you go. That's, 
That's the 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 hey. power of the Cowboys brand. He understands it. Hey, and- I, I have the story too. The same thing. You know, Valley Ranch. Jerry Jones walking down the hall, and he walks up to me and he goes, "Hey, you're kicking my ass pretty good right now." And I go, "Yes, sir." And he goes, "But you're fair." And he goes, "That's just keep up the good work." And literally, I went to my office. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was done. I'm like, "That's it. I'm I'm gone." But that's all Jerry's ever asked is to try and be fair. Yeah, be be fair, and and like uh, like I said. Uh, he he'll tell you like I I can shoulder whatever criticism you yeah. want to throw at me, but that that does show that he's tuned into what the chatter's been. He about. knows he knows what's going on in this world. And, he he knows you and I are talking about Tolbert, and you know he needs to be a little bit more stout uh, going and getting those footballs. And I felt like the other day on Wednesday practice, he had one of his best days catching yeah. the football. He really yeah. really did a nice job. McCarthy even said that the the Tuesday practice, he was like, that's the best Jalen's practiced all year. Yeah. And I think you saw that. You saw him fighting for the football. And we talked about that, how he he seemed to, you know. Was that do, Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, because that was okay. the longer, longer practice. Okay, but Tuesday, that's right. Okay, yeah, you're right. About like, that. Yeah, it, it was Tuesday practice. You're right. You wanted to see Jalen Tolbert play more assertive as though that's my football. And I think right. you saw that. He did. He absolutely did, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that, he went straight down the the angle of no, I'm not worried about Jalen Tolbert's drops, and it's like, well, yeah. nobody asked if you were. No. And he's like, I just like I wasn't worried about CD Lamb's drops. It's like, okay, now you're pulling CD into drop issues, and he's like, everybody around the league has drop issues. It's just funny when he kind of like veers down. Like he he clearly wanted to calm some minds about Jalen Tolbert, and so when he got a question about the receivers, he went, okay, here it is. I'm a big fan of Jalen Tolbert, and here's why I'm not worried. But uh, you buy it, what he's saying there, that he's he's more confident now about the receiver group than when they got to Oxnard. Are you more confident? About i tell the- you what, uh, you know, it's funny. We haven't seen we haven't seen the Noah Brown explosion, and we haven't seen the Simi Fajoko explosion that we've seen, you know, when we were in Oxnard. I mean, they've had some good practices and the, the joint practice, I think. Oh, Fajoko's made some tough catches. He's made he has some made some tough – no, he's made tough yeah. catches. But I'm saying, though, in Oxnard, it was like every day. Yeah. And, and then Noah Brown had the toe injury that set him back, and so he wasn't involved with the Charger practices and all that. He's out there running routes right now. I, I'm really excited tonight to see, uh, you know, uh, to see uh, Tolbert uh, against the Seahawks. I, I, I'm excited because I think we're going to need a big game from these quarterbacks, and hopefully he'll get these receivers involved. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's going to be a, a big part of the evaluation uh, for the Cowboys, especially since a, a large part of the evaluation with Tyler Smith, like we mentioned earlier, he's not going to be out there. Here's the uh, the biggest quote probably to come out of Jerry Jones's time with the media. And there's going to be one section at the end where where he kind of turned and started walking away. And so you lose the audio for a sec or, or it's difficult to hear, but I've got that transcribed. So I'll read it uh, when, when that final note gets a little difficult to hear. But here was Jerry Jones being asked if he expects Michael Gallup to start the year on the physically unable to perform list. Well, we want to. We'll start him where uh, he can get to us as quick as he can in the season. You see what I mean? And I think that is uh, uh, we keep him on the roster and then ping to ping. Or, but but the point is the, the strategic way that we handle this at cut down. We'll let him get to the club actively as quick as he can. Well, we just don't want to do anything that would not put him in some kind of category mm-hmm. that would limit us from getting him in the first game. So that that ducked out a little bit at the beginning there, but 
what hit that did, elevator on you, did he? Yeah, he was. He was literally, this was literally a walk off in a corner with beat yeah. riders. Uh, Jerry said, "We just don't want to do anything that would put him in some kind of category that would limit us from getting him in the first game." So that's a pretty clear statement that the expectation or or, or where Jerry's mindset is right now is that Michael Gallup's on the fifty three to start the year. Yeah. It- Felt like this all along, Bob. You know, we've when the whole news came down about not wanting to go out and get a receiver, when the whole Washington thing and all that, when we were in Oxnard, and the more that they were denying wanting to go get a receiver, and I, I'll never forget Stephen Jones saying, "He's like, you guys are worrying about this way too much." You know, you're worried. We were asking questions about Washington, the injury. Don't you have to go get a veteran? Da 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 da. And Stephen Jones is like, you guys are worrying about this way too much. And from that point on, I took the approach of they're thinking that Michael Gallup is going to be back sooner than later. They're not worried about going out and getting a guy because they're going to get their guy back. You know, it just everybody I talked to in the organization, the workouts we saw, we saw on the OTAs and the mini camps and stuff, we watched Michael Gallup work and I was reaching out to people over there. I'm like, man, he looks good. He's like, well, there's a timetable. We're still on schedule da, 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 again. But, you know, that wasn't, you know, they, they, they have a plan. And I feel like though, that, 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 yes, you might miss that first game, but the second, third game, those are, those games are, are clearly uh, in the, in the sights of the Dallas Cowboys right now. Would absolutely be a, a, Big boost for this football team if they were able to get uh, Michael Gallup back sooner rather than later, um, especially with the the passing game already affected enough uh, at this point in all likelihood with Tyron Smith being out. Uh, you're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time to turn the show over to our dear listeners and our dear followers on Twitter for the Twitter mailbag, uh, where you guys get a chance to ask us questions that are are gnawing at you. Got a lot of questions about the left tackle and the Tyron Smith spot, which I I made sure to tell everybody. I said, look, uh, give us give us other questions, because I promise we're going to spend more than enough time telling you about Tyron and where everything's going there. So we're going we're gonna to stray largely away from tackle questions here. Uh, the first one here is from JC, and he says, what's the deal with the front office? That's not his whole question. It, it goes on. Sure. Uh, but he says they have a lot of cap space, and they don't want to sign help. Why are they being so cheap? 
Is this sabotaging Dak or Mike McCarthy? I don't think that this is a sabotage. I think what you're looking at here is a a team and and uh, you know the 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 folks that that work the books and and help them plan out their their spending over the course of several years. The the guys in the front office that do that, the guys like Todd Williams and and folks like that, Adam Pacifica, Adam Pacifica the, yeah, the cap group. Uh, I think what you're seeing there is that they're recognizing, hey, let's roll some space forward. Because before you know it, Dak's contract will be up on us again, and we'll have to make a decision there. But also, you're looking at big paydays for Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. So I, I think the the Lamb too, huh? Potentially, Lamb. They're going to have to make a decision on there how much they want to pay him. So there's a lot of questions about you know there, there's a lot of financial considerations coming up here for the Cowboys that uh, you know I, I think that they're having to grapple with. And that's in large part why I think you're not seeing them tap into that money. That's rollover money that I think they're feeling they're going to have to spend soon. No, I think you're absolutely right. The, I challenge, you know, to find somebody I'm, I'm asking, trust me, I'm asking everybody that I know in the league that's more than willing to help me with information about, Hey, is there guys to sign? Is there guys to go get? Is there guys, you know, they were telling me about Isaiah Wynn and they're like, listen, you got to have $10 million in cap space to take him on. If you trade for him, you know, all these things. So, you know, the Cowboys have that ability to go do that. But also, though, it seems like that every guy I ask about, Leatherwood at the Raiders, they're telling me the guy's been awful at tackle, thought he was a little bit better at guard. He's still a bad player. Uh, we've done, you know, we talked about Fisher. We talked, I mean, everybody that, that offensive tackle wise, and I'm using them as an example because that's a position that they might have to go out and buy somebody. Sure. But, you know, that you don't want to just throw money at somebody just because you're, you know, it's a position of need right now. Now, I get it. If we get into free agency and they're not paying people, you have a gripe. You absolutely have a gripe. I think you need balance. I think you need to find a way to not only draft, sign your own, but you need balance of going and getting guys too. And when we were, when I was with the Cowboys in the early 2000s, we were horrible drafting and we had to spend money on free agency. And in free agency, we, we spent money on guys that weren't very good. You know, Roy Glover was the best one we ever did. And, you know, I'm super proud about him, but there was a lot of days we wasted money. You know, you know, you think about the, you know, the players that they've brought in over the years. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just, there was a lot of waste and I don't think you want to do that. I think you're better off. But I'm I'm also saying you're better off having balance. And right now, yeah, they have cap space, but they also the players that they're potentially looking at are not worth their cap space. And from what I'm hearing, uh, next question here from. And Mike. by the way, Bobby, that's not from them. That's from other teams around the league. Sure. That's yeah, that's other teams. Absolutely. Uh, next question here from Michael Petty. What's up with Alec Lindstrom? Alec Lindstrom, of course, uh, the undrafted free agent center out of Boston College, the brother of Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons, uh, and a guy that I, I think you liked coming out. He's been, I did. He's been banged up. He missed practice on Tuesday. He was back out there doing some individual stuff on Wednesday. He's a little hampered by an injury right now, according to Mike McCarthy. Uh, but I think Lindstrom's coming along. He's just he's healing a little bit. Whenever you see guys like that, I, I feel like undrafted free agents that they're getting banged up and it seems like they're slowly being brought along i feel like that's just a a slow play to like let's maybe try and stash this guy or let's yeah, maybe, yeah. you know worry about practice squad we're not worrying about 
no getting him going here. No, you're absolutely right about that. And, uh, you know, with him and Impey, who they got from, from BYU, I kind of felt like the two that, of the two, I, I like Lindstrom better. Is, you know, and maybe it's because I liked him coming out of Boston College better than I liked Impey, Impey at BYU. So just kind of hopeful that, that you know, he's likely not going to be on the 53. I think Farniak is by far, you know, if there was a few more weeks, I think Farniak would be a guy that would give uh, Biotish a little bit of a run for his money right now. He's been getting, I was a little disappointed. He's been getting better. I mean, he wasn't good I, I, early. He's been yeah. getting better. And yeah, I, was, I was really disappointed at the beginning of camp. Because yeah. I expected him to be better, yeah. but as as the it's gone on, especially as we've, we've gotten into these games, he's been yeah. really good. If we had, if say they had one more preseason game, this if they say they played four preseason games, you would say, well, maybe there's a little bit of a battle at center because because Farniak has been good and he's played guard, he's played center, uh, you know, he's done a really nice job. So yeah, I the, the you know the the whole the question was. You know about about Lindstrom, but but man, I think overall uh, he's done a nice job and enough to, of a good job to be uh, a guy that you would absolutely put on the practice squad. Question from DCU: Chauncey Golston perplexes me. What is he? And I think that's a good question because we all felt like, oh, that that's a a left defensive end. I think, with, yeah. or I think a lot of people felt like he could be a three tech. But then Dallas told us yeah. last year he's left defensive end. Then we came in this year and it's. Well, we always viewed him as a three-tech. He's put on the weight. He's there. And now we're watching him in these practices, and he's pretty much exclusively at end again. I, I have a theory, Brian. I think they've been surprised by their tackle play. I do, too. And I think I, so they felt like we can't give him reps here now. we got to move him back to end. No question. And that's the thing with Goldston. When I watched him come out of Iowa, you know, he was a guy – I thought he was kind of a, a poor man's uh, – Tank Lawrence, and I mean yep. this in a way not as a pass rusher, but when you watched him at Iowa, he was a hard time, a hard guy to get to the outside on. He played with really good leverage. He was really strong, and he just didn't give up the corner all that easy. And that's what Tank does. Tank does the same thing. You know, Tank's just got a little bit more of the quick twitch to him. But they got to the point where they were going to play him at three technique, and all of a sudden, all the three tech Tristan Hill, Osa. You know, Gallimore, they all started playing. And it's like, well, man, we need to, like, work him at end and see where we're at. So, yeah, the flexibility and all that's great. But to me, he's always been a left defensive end. Not a right defensive end that rushes the passer, but a left defensive end that, that does a good job of handling tight ends and playing against the run. Yeah, he, he's been – I think he's been good when we've seen him out there. It's just yeah. – it, it does feel like they kind of – we're surprised. I, I think. I hope he doesn't. I hope it's not one of these things where all of a sudden they keep moving him back and forth, back and forth. And he's not. Yeah. I mean, how many guys have they done that to? Whole career. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The whole time. And you're like going, well, they just ruined this kid. The whole thing with the safety. What was the kid that they had? They kept playing him at safety. They played him at corner. They played him. I, I mean, Byron Jones or somebody else? Well, Byron Jones, they felt like they, everybody's like, like, I remember when Chris Richard was here, it's like, why are you playing safety? Yeah. yeah. Why would you play safety all those years? So, oh, Reggie yeah. Robinson is who you're thinking of. Who's that? Reggie Robinson is who you're Reggie Robinson. Of. Yeah, there you go. Reggie Robinson. Great example of like, he's a corner. No, he's a safety. No, he's a corner. No, he's a safety. And, you know, he never got very good at either one. And then they just moved on from him. 
Next question here from uh, one of our loyal listeners at KMS22. The question is, what's there a better chance of? Cowboys carrying four tight ends or four running backs? Man. um, That's a good question. I I think they really like all four running backs. I know they do. I know they do. But I'm sitting here thinking about that, you know, with – with McEwen, you know, I, he has a big wrap around his knee right now with that. Uh, yeah, that's that belt. seems like to me that might be. Yeah, um, I'm going to say they're going to carry. I would say the more likely to carry the four, the four, the four running backs with what I, what I and especially when I think you consider. And I don't think they can do it. Pollard's I don't be a hybrid though. If he's going to be functioning more as a receiver, don't you need to carry four running backs if? One of your running backs. Is I, I love, I love all four of them. I really do. I mean, you know, it's deep with Zeke and Pollard and all that. But when you talk about the guys, I mean, I think these guys. You know, matter of fact, I had a team. I had a team ask me today because I was asking about offensive linemen, and I had a team ask me this. They said, "Which back do you think they might cut?" And I kind of, kind of go into my, or they asked me, "Who would you keep?" And I said, I said, I would keep Malik Davis. Hey, and the team goes, man, we're hoping they cut Davis, you know? And I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, we hope we, we like Davis a lot. I'm like, well, what'd you think about him in Florida? And like, man, we didn't have great stuff coming out of Florida, but watching the Cowboy games, you kind of get an understanding of what the kid is, you know? And I'm like going, well, I would keep Davis over Dowdle. And the team that I was talking with said, I, I would I hope that you're wrong that they put Davis on the street. Well, we'll see if that happens. Just, if they I'll, put him out there, I know the team. I can tell you the team that's going to claim him, but I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, we'll we'll have to circle back, see if it happens. Uh next question here from uh let's go with at microwave twelve thirteen. Uh, the question is, do you think the defense will be good enough to make up for the potential deficiencies on offense? It's going to have to. That, that, that determines whether this team finishes above 500 or not. Yeah, this is going to – the defense is it's, – it's, maybe it's not about the turnovers. You know, maybe it's, it's more about uh, – it's more going to be about pressure. It's going to be about sack fumbles. It's going to be about, uh, you know, them covering, maybe getting some tip balls, things like that. I don't think they're going to have the turnover number, but it doesn't mean they're going to not have a good defense. I think that they've got the ability to have a top five defense with the personnel they have right now, but it's going to have to, there's going to be some potentially some ugly games, but you know what? You didn't lose Dak Prescott and you're going to have your receivers. You know, the numbers say when Tyron doesn't play that they run the ball a yard less and the quarterback's rating is not as good. You got to figure this thing out. That's what that's what Kellen Moore's job, uh, Doug Nussmeyer, you know, all those offensive coaches. That's their job. Mike McCarthy. You've got to figure out. Teams lose players every week, and they figure things out. I remember the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl. Look how banged up their team was. But you know, Doug Peterson, those guys did a great job of figuring things out. They lost their left tackle. They lost their left tackle. Absolutely, they did. So you've got to figure things out. You just can't put your head in the sand and say, oh, poor me, because nobody feels sorry for you. I said that to start the show. Now, I, I got to ask you, because you just mentioned it there, you don't think the turnover numbers are going to be as, as 
either. I think the pressures and the sacks are going to be up, though. You you said it earlier, though, and I got to know if you're still holding to your opinion. Do you still hold to your prediction that Anthony Brown will lead the team? In I do. I do. Anthony All Brown's right. going to lead the team in interceptions. All right. That, I'm, that's... Not, I'm not going away from that one. Uh, that, that's, you can that's, buy me lunch when I'm right about that. I, I, if I, I'm wrong, I'll buy you lunch. How about I, I got you for it. Uh, final question here from Ralph Todd. He says, does the lack of talent acquisition point to organic tanking that then equals Sean Payton? Uh, I, and I know there are a lot of people who have questions like this. Here's my thought on this, and this is what I've said the whole time about this. I think when they moved on from Amari Cooper, when they moved on from Lyle Collins, when they did stuff like that, it was – Hey, we think this is potentially addition by subtraction, or you know, we're 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 gonna trust that CD Lamb can take a step up, or or we believe in Terrence Steele, or whatever you want to do. But I think they thought a an added potential benefit of that, not necessarily organic tanking, but I think it also goes. Let's see if these coaches can level these guys up. No question. And I and so I think that it is. You can make the argument that not organic tanking, but like, hey, let's put them in a little bit of a situation to stress their teaching abilities let's see what they can do with these guys yeah but what okay let me ask you this there's a saying and i'm going to mess it up that don't let your money it's something about with your money don't let your money be mad at your money or let mad money or don't let don't let you don't make don't let your money make you mad or whatever it's i'm sorry i'm an idiot when it comes to i know what you're saying but i mean I, i think people out there they got mad at those two kids they got mad at Tyron uh, at, at at Lyle Collins. They got mad at Amari Cooper. You know that that they they that that it was about money. Yeah, sure, whatever. You got to talk about availability. They needed the money and all that stuff like that. But they got mad at those kids. You know yeah. that wasn't that wasn't anything on. You know that was personal. Is what that was. They never, subtracted. Never, never let your money get mad. Which never, is let your, yeah, never let your money get mad. And there you go. According to Google, is uh, I'm glad you looked favorite, that up. Is a favored saying of Jerry Jones. So I guess Jerry's yeah. the origin of that. Yeah, never let your money get mad. And that's what he did. He absolutely did. And so, with that being said, uh, that's you're you are what you are right now. But they feel like that you know, they signed uh, Michael Gallup. You know, even though he was injured, they signed him. They think the world of Terrence Steele. I don't particularly do. But as I've said a hundred times, last time they cared about what I said was in 2005. You know, that's the last time. That's a long time ago. So that's, that's you know, they're going to do what they feel is right. And whether they subtract or not, Mike McCarthy has to prove to me that he can he can overcome these things. You know, and, he, and he has. If you look at his career at Green Bay, they lost offensive linemen and were shuffling them around and still found ways to win games. So Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, Doug Nussmeyer, uh, Joe Philbin, you know, Skip Pete, you guys better figure some things out because if the defense comes to bear and all of a sudden they're doing a great job, you guys can't be falling behind. You've got to figure these things out, you know, because all of a sudden then becomes maybe a split team where defense is like, damn, we're doing everything we can to win these games. You guys got to find a way to, to help us out. If that happens, then then Mike McCarthy's going to have a lot of problems in that locker room. That does it for us this week. Uh, we will get the Cowboys and Seahawks, the final preseason game, later tonight. Uh, I'm on the call, man. Yeah, you're, you're going to be on the call? Yeah, I'm on the call. Me and Brad Sham. So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll screw up some reads for you along the way. So make sure you listen if you can. <laughs> 
Listen to the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. You Please can hear do. Uh, Brian's analysis. But uh, we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Hopefully, I have some more clarity about where things are heading with the left tackle position. Uh, but until then, uh, have a good weekend.